be Monday remove. <laughs> we need the good Monday vibe. It's been a rough two weeks. We're getting rid of all the bad juju. I brought some sage. I'm done. <laughs> Turn down the music, I think. Okay. I'm trying not to set something on fire. I'm so dumb. You know, I actually have some. Is that bad Am I doing this right? I do not know if I'm doing this right. Montana usually takes care of the staging of our house. There we go. <laughs> we gotta get all the bad juju out. <laughs> Pretty good. I have some. I just told you to bring your stage. Wait, wait, I have some. Okay, you're gonna get it. Morning coffee. We're off to a good start. Technically managing. It's Monday, May 1st, 2023. Ramud and I have been working our butts off the past two weeks. We need to get loose. This is gonna be a new week. Only. It's like really hard to light stage, especially if you have like a big bundle like this. Yeah. <laughs> I love these. They're so good. Nothing is going to break this week, technically. All of our projects are going to work. We're not going to get frustrated. A good, a good week, please. <laughs> We're going to get good sleep. We're going to be happy and healthy. We're going to get outside. No McDonald's this week. Okay, I think we got... I think we got that taken care of. Let me make sure this... How do you blow this out? Yeah, you have to, like... Kind of move it a lot. I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't set like my notes on fire. We'll right. Same. <laughs> okay. Welcome back, everyone, to Technically Managing. This is the beginning of our new season. Um, last week or two weeks ago, we finished our Road to Product Management series, which was all about how we got into tech, um, our journey from college to this point how we both started in the solution engineering program at Oracle and then eventually made our way into product management through interviews and stuff like that. So yeah, before we get into what it was like starting out in product management, I think we should probably, because I think there's lessons here because I haven't like, I'm trying to make sense of it. So to give the audience context, Rumu and I have had a rough past two weeks with a lot of work and deadlines. Um, all good things because like we're learning a ton super quickly but I feel like a lot of people can relate to like when you just go through crunch sometimes and it just has to happen there's no getting around it and you're just like dead by the end of that week so that's kind of where we're sitting at right now yep exactly mm -hmm. um so I feel like a good way of <laughs> are you okay <laughs> I'm making sure this is out. I'm like literally going to place it down. I think I'm good. Oh, so this is everyone like and subscribe on YouTube, please. Even if uh you like watch on the podcast apps, because I completely get that. I do all my podcast stuff like on like Spotify, um, Apple podcast, stuff like that. But YouTube is probably going to be the best thing to help us 
get a bigger audience. And if you want to see Ramu and I's dance party, give us a little like and subscribe so you can get the video episode and help us reach new people. A dance party on Monday morning. Yeah, Monday morning so, dance party at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> right. And I was telling Zach that I'm not a morning person. So <laughs> you guys are like, you know, lucky that I was even dancing. So <laughs> Ramu and I went through a lot of scheduling um, complications to make sure we get this episode out in time. But we found the time. So it's yeah. going to work. So um, I was thinking, what do you think about maybe giving like key tips on how we got here you know like things that we discussed in previous episodes but that you think are like the key of how we got here <laughs> yeah I think I actually like that first like like almost kind of like a principle summary of what we did mm -hmm. do we want to go into like just before we get too far away from it because I feel like it fits the topic of like the intro do you I can like start to kind of give you an idea of like where my brain's going with this, but mm -hmm. I think it might be good to talk about like, Hey, like how did we manage like the past two weeks where we were both super busy and like, I feel like when we talk about these things on technically managing just our advice and stuff, mm -hmm. a lot of the times we make it sound like so clear cut, just like, Oh, if you do like this, this, and this, this is going to happen. Right. Like, but we all know it's more so like, Hey, have these principles in mind mm -hmm. and life is going to be messier but if at least you have like something to guide you it will get you through it because this was to give like a bit of a summary of kind of like why the past two weeks are busy for me is um I've been working on building a live lab which is one of our hands-on workshops that you can go on um I think if you Google like Live Labs Oracle, you'll find it. I forget the exact URL, but it's just like on one of Oracle's websites. You go on, you can learn a lot of our technologies, go through these hands-on self-taught labs of instructions. Some of them give you the environments. Some of them you can just use your own. And I was working on building one and um, I had a deadline for it coming up. And I've been like working on this super hard for probably like the past two, three months. So like we're getting up to the deadline and then on top of it, not this past week that happened, but the week before it, like the first week of like what I would call my two week crunch, um, I was also on live lab support. So what they were doing with that is like all of us youngling PMs, like bright eyed and bushy tailed who are new to the ecosystem. They're like, hey, live labs is a pretty big part of database PM, like just the organization. It'd be good if we trained you up on how to do it by kind of having like a volunteer week where you help just make sure that like new workshops get submitted properly. You help like just go through the QA checklist to make sure that um, like all the everything's working right. It's up to like the guidelines and stuff and that everything's like good to update the labs that are live and like publish new labs. So that was a cool learning experience. Um, but like the thing I was kind of like grappling with during it is I could tell I was getting really tired, like just during this time period. And like, you know how it is, it's like when you're like after you get rest and stuff, you feel better and you're like, OK, like we got through it. Things weren't as bad as it was. But like when you're in like those moments where you're just exhausted, like trying to grind away, um, that can be like tough. And I was kind of trying to like grapple in my head. I'm like, oh, like I have so much going on. And like on one side, my brain, it's almost like the devil and the angel. The devil's just like, 
you like I've been doing so much lately I'm exhausted can I catch a break but like the good side of me was just like uh like I can see the value in everything we're doing and even though I'm like no I'm just tired and stuff now just Mm -hmm. in terms of making sure everything gets through the deadline like doing the support stuff I'll appreciate it in the long run because and this is something that I always want to keep into perspective. Like two years ago, I wasn't working in tech and like, it was my like dream to get here. And we've had like a lot of opportunity and just, we like are treated great. We have a great environment to build these skills that are applicable both to our jobs now and wherever our careers take us. Mm-hmm. So like, at least for me, it's like, I don't have an answer to like the whole, like if I could do something differently, because at the end of the day, it's like, I was I've been going like pretty hard lately and like also putting time in like on the weekends and like having longer days. So my kind of solution to like thinking about it wasn't like, oh, if I was like less lazy or say if I was a little bit better of time management, because I'm like, eh, I was kind of maxing those things out already. But mm-hmm. I think kind of like if there was like a lesson that I learned from just going through like our two crunch weeks, it was mm-hmm. more so like, hey, you can't really help the fact that you're going to be a little like pissy and cranky because we're all human and we only have so much energy. But if you kind of keep the reason, at least in your head, when you're going through that, like why you're doing these things and like, what's the important of it. And like, there was this book I read um, recently, I think it's called the science of getting rich or like something along those lines. And I heard a lot of really smart, intelligent, successful, wealthy people like recommend the book. And when I was younger, I think, and I'll get to like what the main message is in a second. Like when I was younger, I would poo poo the main message. But the older I get, the more I realize like how much putting yourself in certain mindsets is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And like understanding the value of it. And like essentially the core message of this like book on like the science of getting rich is like, look, it all boils down to having gratitude. Like, no matter what your situation is, who you're interacting with, like, we're not going to be perfect. It's like a, a muscle you have to build. But if you're able to keep that, like, mind of gratitude of, like, no matter what state you're in, like, how bad things are going. And, like, and even if it has to be, like, retrospective, because, like, we're not always going to be, like, muddling our way through mud, falling on our face, being like, wow, I'm really, like, gracious for this. Like, no, it's like, it's. It's something that maybe you feel it right in the moment. Maybe you feel at the end of the day when it's over. But if you at least like find room to go like, okay, how does this fit in a positive way into the bigger picture of everything? Like not only does it kind of help get your mind off the negative side of things, but it also helps like nullify that kind of like pain, tiredness, et cetera, too. Because it's like, okay, it's like there is a purpose and meaning to this. I'm not just like meaninglessly suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I was kind of curious if you kind of like what your whole thoughts were with like how you were handling like your crunch, because I feel like our weeks were kind of reversed where you had mm-hmm. the busy, like your deadlines and stuff week, two weeks ago, that was my live lab support week. And then we switched because you had your live lab support week last week. And yeah. <laughs> that's when I was like dealing with all my like busy deadlines and stuff. Yeah. Um, I feel like overall, for example, like I don't mind like having busy weeks right um like I'll maybe for example like I'll start my day at around 9 9 30 and finish my day at around 7 30 8 you know like finish actually close my my laptop 
you know, and I don't mind that because, you know, like during the day I'll walk my dog, you know, or normally it's just walking my dog to be honest, <laughs> you know, or I'll take a break to eat, let's say, right. But I'm like calmly doing my work and I'm making sure that I'm doing it right. Right. So I'm not rushing throughout the day and I don't mind doing that. But when like last week, you saying all of this kind of like opened my eyes because last week I was in like, like I was hating my life to be honest, you know, <laughs> I was like so over everything. Uh -huh. I was like, like just over everything. I couldn't even like stand myself, let's say, you know, so I feel like at the end of the week when I was talking to my manager, um, I was kind of like, you know what, like, I am grateful that I have this chance to do these things, you know, like live lab support and all this stuff. But while I was in the process, I was like, this is so much like I cannot do this and my job and meet all my deadlines and be creative and have time for myself and eat right and walk my dog, you know, like it was a lot, you know, and then I, I stepped back and I was talking to my manager and I was like, you know what, maybe like next time that I do, for example, live loss support, I'll be faster because, you know, I know what to do exactly. Um, I'm not like figuring out stuff. And this is a great opportunity for me to just talk to other people outside of my group. You know, I'm able to help people from, I don't know, like so many people actually, like people that I've never heard of outside of PM, outside of sales are creating, you know, live labs. And it's nice to talk to them, right? Because like I actually got in calls to help people troubleshoot some of their stuff, you know? So it is important to be grateful. It's just sometimes we as humans, we get like tired and stressed and you know, sometimes you're not delivering what you want. Like I'm also working on a chatbot for another project. And like, I'm not really sure if I can share right now, you know, because it, it hasn't been released. But that was another thing that was pressing me because I wanted to learn and do as good as possible. But I felt like I wasn't really learning what I was doing because it's something new for me. I was actually just executing, right? Like delivering what I had to deliver, you know? And sometimes it wasn't what I wanted, you know? So sometimes having that pressure is not like the best, but at the same time, maybe that's the way you get things done like really, really fast and work on the pressure. And it it's also normal to have these weeks every once in a while. Like it just happens, you know? Like even if we didn't have this live lapse assistance, like I've been in that situation where I have to do multiple things in one week. So yeah. It's a good skill to have to be able to manage your time as good as possible. And if one week you have a week where you are not able to, you know, do everything that you want to do, like it's okay. But priority prioritizing is really important. Yeah, I agree. And like, it's one of those things, like one of the reasons it was so important for me to like, for us to start this episode with this mm -hmm. and make sure we didn't like forget about it. It's just because yeah. I feel like if we're going to, go around giving advice and kind of mm -hmm. like showing the good side of stuff like definitely people need to see like the struggle stuff too because like that's that's part of the experience like if you're just going around like having dance parties being like pm's great we get to like boo like yeah. do this do this you'll just be like 
just have fun just like us. Oh, like, no, it's like, that's not what it is. Like, you appreciate the good times and you celebrate them. But mm-hmm. it's like, that's because there's also those like struggles and stuff. Like, that's what makes when stuff goes well feel like so like valuable and meaningful and like by making sure that we're covering both ends of that dichotomy it's like it's I think it helps people get the bigger picture where it's like yeah the same as everyone you're gonna have your bad days where it's just like we're in survival mode here but you kind of like learn the lessons from that so you can try to build more of those like good days where you're just like flowing and everything's like working out exactly and I also think so a lot of the conversations I have with like my coworkers and stuff is sometimes it's nice to check something out of the list, but in PM it's so hard to do that because we're always like in progress, you know, in processing, growing and fixing things. And we might not be able to do everything because we're working with other people, we're collaborating with other teams. So we have to wait for them to do something. So sometimes we might feel like we're doing so, so, so much. But in reality, we're not even able to finish one task, right? It's like touching on like five different projects where it's like, okay, I moved them all like an inch forward. You're like, why hasn't any of these crossed the finish line? But then it's like you see all like five dominoes fall over in similar amount of time. Yeah, exactly. So I think you also have to be able to give yourself achievable goals like you can't just be like I'm finishing this today sometimes you know like I did that so bad with the workshop when I've been working I need to call myself out on this because like God knows what Jeff was thinking when I said this like when I started this project back in February and I was I was like running kind of time calculations in my head based on solution engineering like when I built like my live lab then I'm like okay I've learned a lot from that I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do I'm like I think I can knock this out in three weeks, but Jeff was just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> um, <because> Good luck. <laughs> I, yeah, basically like I, it will just be easier if I let him figure that one out on his own instead yeah. of trying to convince him otherwise. I, like, I know Zach, but cause like in my brain, I was just like, Oh, if I devote all my time to just doing this just continuously, I probably could, but it's like one of the things about PM and like, we can get into this in terms of like, what's the work style and solution engineering versus PM. And especially just kind of like the fact that our responsibilities when we were solution engineers being class of, we had less of them. So we had more time to focus in, but it's like mm-hmm. when I took into account, like all my other things, I still have to keep track of as a PM. It's like, yeah, this took like three months and I'm still like up against the deadline with it. Yeah. Deadline today. Hello. I know. Right. <laughs> um, did you uh, do anything fun this weekend? this weekend so since I had a very busy week my comfort like thing to do is eat good food uh-huh. <laughs> so um I think let's see so I honestly I don't remember what I did on Friday but I feel like I did something oh, okay on Friday I went to a Korean barbecue um ate a lot right then on Saturday, I went to this um, Hollywood market in South Florida. And it's really nice because they have different types of food and they have like plants, um, fruits, vegetables, all that stuff. But basically, you're able to try like any food that you can think of, like, you know, a Mexican, Colombian, Asian, like Japanese, Korean, Chinese, Indian, like it's crazy. It's like 
the place to go if you're like foodie, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, we went there that week, um, you know, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I spent a little time at a lagoon that I have like um around, like next to my apartment. And just like, you know, chilling at the beach and stuff. So it was a relaxing weekend that I needed, you know, to like, nice. oh, and I took naps. I took awesome naps too. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. <laughs> what did you do? So my weekend was less relaxing. Um, it was still a really good time. Uh, my mom came down to visit for the weekend. She just like hopped on a standby flight, like with an open seat, like, oh, because I'll be moving apartments this summer. And she hasn't seen my current apartment yet in neighborhood. So she's like, oh, I'll come down, like do a quick little trip. So it was really nice. Like Montana and I hung out with my mom. We got to take her to Terry Black's barbecue. We showed her Zilker Park like Barton Springs, did a little tour of Mueller and stuff like that. So that was all good. Sunday night, though, I went to um, two open mics at comedy clubs. I swung by Joe Rogan's club first for that open mic and then hit the Creek in a Cave, which is another comedy club down the street. I So you get three-minute sets, and basically how it works is like an hour before the show, they put a list out on the front door and you can sign up for the open mic then. And they choose a handful of people. But I didn't get chosen. But because I had to be prepared, if I did get chosen, I like wrote my material already. So I have like seven minutes of material right now. Um, You can do three for the spot. So I have like three that I've polished the most. Mm -hmm. So I haven't, I don't know if the audience if I mentioned this to the audience, but back in college, I tried stand up for a bit and it was really fun. Um, it was also great because like historically I have not been a good public speaker and I've been very <laughs> introverted and don't like talking publicly surprising for the fact that I'm now doing so much like public facing stuff with PM. So like when I was in college, like I've always loved comedy. I've always loved to laugh and be silly. So that was like a really good kind of outlet. Like, oh, one of my favorite things and mix it with like, let's get some public speaking practice. And just with the comedy scene blowing up in Austin, it's been giving me that itch to try stand up again. So I wrote the material and I'm just like, well, I'm kind of looking at it as like killing two birds with one stone where Mm -hmm. on one hand, it gives me something that if I like get back into stand up and like try some open mics, I'm not taking it too seriously. Like I'm not expecting anything from it, but I think that's what will keep it fun for me. It gives me a release from just high pressure, high intensity work, an environment where I know that people will be laughing, just get your mind off things. Yeah. But also there's a chance I'll be able to do some stuff at cloud world this year. Mm-hmm. And I've never been to cloud world or spoken at an event like that of that size or like anything in that capacity so my kind of mindset with this is I mean I got a couple months until cloud world if I can get my public speaking back up where I can make people laugh on stage like (laughs) doing stand-up I feel like it'll make me feel like more comfortable and confident about like talking about tech on stage because like if you can make people laugh I'm hoping like showing people OCI like won't be as bad that's kind of like the guidelines i'm trying to run with right now so we'll see what happens what will be like your biggest fear in terms of what like stand stand up up? yeah i mean i don't i don't really know what i'm like i don't think i'm afraid of 
anything with it because if mm. it was when I was like in college there was like a part of my brain where it's like oh maybe I can like be a stand-up comedian or something so I feel like that also the fact that's like you're younger you're less confident you don't know like it's your first time leaving home in high school and going out into the world like you're a lot more like insecure and nervous and mm. I feel like if it was something that I was trying to get out of like doing stand-up right now it might add more pressure to me mm. but at least right now like I guess my biggest pressure is like I want to do a good job because I wrote good material I'm most kind of concerned about just learning how to execute on it mm. but that's just kind of like improving your public speaking skills getting better with pausing like inflections tone of voice using body language all things that will be great to build up for cloud world so yep. it's it's almost it's almost kind of like I'm trying to do stand-up now to make cloud world less scary where like my fear isn't stand-up because that's no stakes like I don't have Jeff having awkward conversations with me if I bomb at a comedy club but if I completely <laughs> bomb at cloud world there are going to be some people who see that and it might be a little problematic so that's kind of like I'm using this to conquer that fear and in the process right. it's like a best of both worlds where it's like well, now I'm no longer scared of doing stand-up and hopefully doing stand-up makes me no longer scared of cloud world. Right, right. Mm -hmm. No, it, I think it's a good practice, right? Because it's like with people you really don't know. So yeah. whatever, like you can go back home and never talk to them, you know, like hopefully, <laughs> or you might go viral, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bathroom <laughs> boy strikes again. Yeah. <laughs> well, so... If you ever get to like present it, you should definitely do a stand-up virtual section in here. Oh, do you like oh so we're able to see too. I don't know if I like the idea of combining those two worlds. <laughs> okay. I kind of like like having this thing that's a little bit separate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to see it. So tell Montana to like record you or something. Okay, yeah. Well, if you and your boyfriend ever come visit in Austin, we could like that would be something that'd be really fun to go do. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so sure. we'll find a way that I can at least show you. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> Until there's like a 75% chance that the comedy just like fizzles out and stuff. If it doesn't, <laughs> I'm just trying to keep those worlds from bleeding into each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a good method. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. All fun stuff. But um, yeah, you were saying for like going over principles of kind of like everything, like almost kind of like a baby recap of our road to product management series. Right. So honestly, it's more of like, so I get a lot of people that ask me, how do I get into product manager mm -hmm. if I'm not technical? And this is like on LinkedIn, at work. I'm pretty sure you probably get these people that reach out to you and they're like, oh, I saw that you're a solution engineer or I saw that actually someone reached out to me last week because of our podcast and they were asking me what do you recommend me or how do you think I can get into product management um, I've also gotten people in LinkedIn asking me questions about product management so of course as you said there's not like a real path or like it, there's not like a set of steps that you're like okay if I do this I'm 100% getting into product management because luck is different you know timing is different um I don't know everything could be circumstantial right but what do you think were like our highlights 
in our episodes that we spoke about that will definitely help you get into product management. Well, not definitely, right? But like mm-hmm. give you like a, a higher chance of getting into product management. Yeah. So this is where my go, like my brain goes with that. And the fact that you said like, we're not going to tell you like a specific set of steps because mm-hmm. there is none. But like, right. I think my advice, it's not just for product management, it's for life. Like mm-hmm. the number one thing that just reflecting on my time in school, mm-hmm. looking back on that, like they do not teach you and it's not really their prerogative to is like school makes it, everything is very lockstep. It's mm-hmm. you have us, you're in a class for a year you get a grade, you repeat it again, you're doing the same thing over and over. And you can kind of like, check out a bit. Mm-hmm. By the time you graduate. college. <laughs> yeah, like you get, like, I think the biggest thing about school that like, I learned as a warning sign is mm-hmm. you can be like the smartest person in the world, or the dumbest person in the world or like not care or just care a lot. Like, it doesn't I, like this isn't like a person to person thing. I think there is something with our brains where if we get too used to a fixed system, that kind of like, oh, you do this to get to here, you get the good grades to get to the better college, then in the college, you get the good grades to get the good job. And you need to take these classes and get good grades, so you can get into the more advanced ones. And it makes it sound like life is like literally this like, step by step by step, just mm-hmm. wiki how tutorial where it's like, if I do x, y and z, I get here. And like with getting in the product management, I kind of like had to break all the rules in my head where I would say like my advice for anyone who wants to get into product management is, isn't like, I mean, I can go into some specific, uh, some specific things to like aim your brain towards, but the real lesson is you have to teach yourself how to like learn on your own. You need to like learn how to think outside the box mm-hmm. and have train yourself to like go into directions of learning whether it's through books podcasts youtube talking to people picking their brain you need to find the things that people aren't doing and go what is a value here where like here's a good example when you're applying to a job you might go like well i have my college degree I got good grades and here's where I put my application and look, I even have a referral. Like I did everything I'm supposed to do. And if I don't get the job, it's just kind of like, well, that's not my fault. I did everything I was told. It's like, well, if you take a second to like think back to it and just like go, what's going on in the situation, you're like, well, there's probably like at least another hundred people applying all doing the same exact thing as me. Mm-hmm. And I could be the smartest, hardest working person in the world people scan through your resumes so quick. So it's like, where do I go to get my edge? And I mean, they might not even scan through your resume. Yeah, they, they might, they probably they won't even look at your resume. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a hundred resumes, they just grab 20 and they're like, eh, these 10 look good, good enough. Let's like, just fill them, roll and move on. So then doing things like reaching out to people um, who work at the company, picking their brain, going, if you were in my shoes, what would you do to get the leg up? Because even if they don't really have good advice, it gets them realizing that you're someone who's willing to think outside the box, that you're reaching out to them and asking them those types of questions where they're more likely to throw you a bone and be like, yeah, let's like make sure this resume like gets through. Like this person seems at least worth talking to. And the fact that they showed initiative. 
So like my whole thing with just all the lessons um, and kind of like how to get to where we are, like do it with all the aspects of your life. Growing up, I would say my strengths were, I've always been a huge reader. So I've been very comfortable with just like, if school doesn't satisfy my itch for learning something Mm -hmm. or say if it's even a topic that school doesn't teach you because school is good for teaching you how to be a good worker, but it doesn't really teach you all the skills you need for life. Things like how to manage your finances, unless you're like a finance major or something like how to like become wealthy, like how do you have some of some classes on better communication and networking? Those are more rare, but those kind of like, Think about those kind of skills that you want to learn where just write down what you're trying to do. I want to get better at communication. I want to get better at writing or whatever and go, how do, where do I find the resources and how do I find the best resources? YouTube is your friend. I think YouTube is one of the things that is like the great equalizer of education because you no longer have to get saddled with this huge debt in fancy schools where you're like $100,000 in debt to get a piece of paper saying that you can do things, self-teach yourself something and then create something based off that so you can then show people in interviews like, hey, I did this thing. That kind of goes back to what I talked about where my PM interview process was actually kind of laid back and easy, but it's because I built up a portfolio of so much stuff I could point to where I let my work talk for itself. But I like kind of talked about how it's like reading and kind of finding knowledge in books was always my strong suit. The mm-hmm. thing that I've realized it's been something I've been trying to focus on in PM because I know it's a muscle that I'm not as used to learning directly from people because that's something I'm historically like less comfortable with where I like having the convenience of on my time, I can pick up the book, go at the rate I want to go and then like put it back down stuff. There is knowledge in like learning from people directly, like let's call like specialized specific knowledge where it's not just about the words that they're saying. It's like all the kind of subtle stuff they're communicating as part of their story. And the fact that you can like then ask them a direct question in response to, hey, like you said X, Y, and Z, like how does that fit in with like B and D kind of things? Like mm-hmm. I'm all of this is I think, me pointing to if you want to get into PM, you have to make try your best to train your brain to be a bit more fluid and turn learning into something that isn't a chore. It's like it's the same thing as like working out or getting sunshine. It's like, yeah, if you neglect it, things are gonna kind of get a little bit worse for you. But if you like build up the muscle and get used to it and you go, I don't need to get permission from someone to learn something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow my natural curiosity and interest. That's how you're going to start thinking more creatively. That's how you're going to start going, well, I'm noticing these roadblocks with getting to the next step of whether it's trying to get the PM or another career or something else. Like, hmm, I have these questions. Maybe if I like follow these threads. I'll be able to find some workarounds around like whatever obstacle I'm doing. So self-learning, learning how to think outside the box and realize that once you leave school for all the good it teaches you, there are certain things you have to unlearn. And it's kind of this idea of being like, life is this lockstep where if you wait your turn in line and 
you do all the specific things that other people say you'll get where you want to go it's like that's not the case like you need to take your own initiative and it goes back to like what we've always talked about where it's like hey our jobs are super cooperative and you need to learn to work well with other people but no one is going to care about or advance your career other than you right yeah definitely I think what you said of like being able to learn by yourself is such an important skill that we take for granted because we might think that just because we have a degree we're showing that we're able to learn period right like mm-hmm. but when you transition from university or college to work you realize that you're on your own like you don't have a teacher like in college yeah you might not have a teacher holding your hand but they're there to tell you hey homework is coming up you know yeah hey, this is the new task you should be looking at this chapter in here in here is more of like no you you know your deadlines, you have to meet them by yourself, you know, you need to wake up to go to work every day, you can't just be like, I'm not going to work today, you know, Mm -hmm. so little things like that do make a difference, like just getting a degree is not what people are looking for nowadays, because a lot of people pay, they get a degree, and they're still looking for a job, and it's not that easy, so definitely that's important, another thing is that Let's say that if a lot of you are reaching out to people on LinkedIn, it might be hard sometimes because I do I did have experiences where I never I message a lot of people and I never really met them, you know. But keep on trying. Like I'm the type of person that every time someone messages me on LinkedIn, I actually meet with them because I know the struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever met with people on LinkedIn. Um, but I think you might find someone that will actually be able to talk to you, but also have in mind that, for example, like me, I don't have the power to like hire you, you know, or I I can definitely ask whether there's like an open position or anything like that, but that's like maybe the most I can do, but it's still a good experience to talk to people inside and you never know in the future what, what can happen, right? So... Definitely, I think being able to learn by yourself, networking in general, be able to talk to strangers, you know, and tell them what you're thinking, what you want, share ideas with them is really important. I also feel like, for example, in the PM world, right, or in any world, I think we are so quick at like pointing out things that are not working, Mm -hmm. you know, but maybe not coming up with a solution. So I know sometimes there's not like a straightforward solution, but if you find something that's not working for you, definitely come back with also a possible solution, right? Like, for example, let's say that, I don't know, like you, you feel like this UI is not intuitive for you, right? So come up with a solution that might be like, I feel like this might not be working correctly, but what if we try to do this, this and that, that I think makes people around you want to work with you because sometimes like feeling like everything is too negative might be like not the best way of approaching things you know like oh this is this is not looking good this is not looking good that's you know like that's someone's work they might have thought about it (laughs) a very long time so if you come up with a solution previously that might help them be like okay you know what I actually like that approach more than the approach we're taking right now so I think that's another important skill. Do you have any- that's that's huge too because that's something I've 
I noticed I did some missteps on with PM when I first started and I've been trying to be conscious about being better about because like the way that my brain is wired is when I I will like laser focus in on things Mm -hmm. and I feel like my brain has like two different modes it has like it's logical analytical like deductionist mode and then it has I think it's probably just like right brain left brain activation and it's like has the creative mode I'm in two completely different mental states during it. It's like when I get in the flow with, say, doing the artwork on Telki Tech, my brain is firing in different directions. And if I pay attention to it, I can notice. Then when I'm like deep in my live lab, like hyper analyzing the wording of everything, like super logical, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And when I, I'm very comfortable with, being intense and very blunt to myself with my own criticism and i like when people are that way to me because it's more efficient like tell me what you don't like and tell me why you don't like it i won't get butthurt about it Mm -hmm. but coming into pm and realizing i'm working with like all these different people i'm like i can't i have to learn how to communicate better on critiquing and reviewing other people's work because it's it's almost like when I'm going through their work let myself go into that intense analytical mode because that's how I'm going to be the best reviewer for what you're doing and I'm going to make like sure everything's there like I almost kind of like I'm realizing like I need to like step away from that after before I directly talk to the person Mm -hmm. because like my brain will still be like rapid firing in hyper logical direction (laughs) I'll be like this thing was wrong this thing's wrong I would change it to that blah 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 I'm like that's that's too much like that no one wants you like coming in or I would say most people don't want you coming in hot being like so I found everything wrong with your stuff and like even if in your brain which like me it's like you're young and new in PM you're enthusiastic you're just excited that you're like oh my god I'm working with it doesn't even my thing was like it doesn't even come from a place of like being disrespectful if anything it's almost like me being excited like I get to work with all of these super smart people who Mm -hmm. are top of their industry oh my God, it's so cool that I found something that I can improve on. And like, I'm excited to like fix it and tell them about it. And like, we can make this thing better, but they don't know all that internal dialogue. They just know like, who's this kid like coming up to me? Like, oh, I would change this and this and this. And like, no, it's like that. I like learned very quickly. Like, like, that's not going to work. I need a new strategy. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's a very important skill to have and also I've learned to rephrase my questions too like sometimes let's say that I'm going through our interface and I find something maybe a button is not doing the right thing that I think is not doing the right thing right so I'll go back to I don't know someone in development and I'll ask them is this wanted behavior is this expected behavior right because sometimes it is and you're saying it's broken you know I'm writing down those words because <laughs> I will be the first to be like hey so so I noticed this is broken like what do we do like right. I, and the, and I'm literally like, writing down wanted behavior and expected behavior I need yeah this. and and then and then they're like no that that is wanted behavior and then I'm like oh wow well <laughs> you know I just called your baby ugly basically I you know, know? Shout out to Ron Mayfield, um, like one of my like best mentors at Oracle. He's like always, because I think he kind of knows how my brain works and it's a bit intense where he's just like, Zach, just 
you got to remember, you can't call people's baby ugly. It never works well. Like you have the best intentions in the world. Literally, exactly. So I think that has also been a really big skill that I've learned in PM. And honestly, after becoming a PM, my life has changed completely the way I think. Every time I'm using a website that I'm like frustrated with, I'm like, I would do this, this, this and that, you know, or why are they doing this? You notice so much more things like yeah. it's actually kind of interesting because I think right now I'm learning at the fastest rate I've like mm-hmm. been so far in my life. And when stuff goes slow, it's kind of hard to tell the differences. But if a lot's changing at once, you can kind of like notice a pattern. It's like I can tell I'm thinking differently than I did six months ago. Yep. And just like you're saying, like even like website stuff like, oh, something where it's like I would just look at a web page or even just because we're doing so much like content stuff in terms of like video like video production um the podcast even just looking at YouTube videos now I can't just watch a YouTube video I'm every time I look at one I'm like this person is doing this this and this it's getting this effect there has been no break in flow or like awkward pauses they're doing the jump cuts to keep the things going fast so you don't have that like the ums and ahs that long form podcast have like my brain can't help going in those modes now. And yep. it's honestly a good thing because it's like, hey, we're learning super quick. But it's also, it's a bit intense when you're just like, I can now, so much of most of the technology I look at, it's like, I now have an opinion on. Exactly. And it may not even be right. Like, it's probably not right. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's awesome, though. Like, I love being able to think like that because I'm continuously learning with intent, right? Compared to like, just looking at something and just, I don't know, saying, I think it's wrong, but I don't know why, you know? Yeah. So um, I think those are like really important points that I've learned as a PM and that I recommend people to start practicing for sure to become one and definitely don't stop reaching out to people. And I think the best way to reach out to people is telling, like offering them help, you know, free help. (laughs) Offering free help and telling your story because even... Because, like, look, we'll at least, like, I'm sure Ramu is too. Um, but, like, we're willing to, like, meet with you and, like, give you advice and stuff. Mm-hmm. We can't give you a job or anything like that. Like, right. A, that's not how it works. B, we don't have that kind of power. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, but giving us as much information as possible without being, like, overbearing. Like, yeah, I can't read a novel. But if you just do, like, a little paragraph of, like, hey, this is about me. This is where I'm trying to get. This is the stumbling bo- blocks I'm currently facing. That gives me something to work with Uh, because I remember I was like going through my Twitter this weekend. And when I first started like doing my Telki Tech Twitter, it's like I didn't have Twitter before. I was very uncomfortable with the user interface. And there were some messages from people. I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice they commented. So I was kind of like catching up on that a little bit over the weekend. And Mm -hmm. there's this one person who like messaged me a bit back and they're just like, hi, I need a job. And my... (laughs) initial response was just like dude I'm not just like I'm not going to respond to that like I you give I can't do that and you're giving me nothing to work with and the fact that you're coming in hot like that it it like leaves a bad starting taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. but it's the guy he seemed like a young guy and it reminded me of just like okay when I was younger and I didn't know better I'm sure when I reached out to people because like little socially unaware Zach who 
likes to be headstrong, doesn't have the best social skills, but also is like a decent thinker who like knows he's smart for his age is a bad combination for like when you're not used to reaching out to people in like a business setting and like not rubbing people the wrong way. So I like kind of like poo pooed that for a bit. And now I'm just, I'm trying to reach out to the guy now. Cause I'm like, eh, he might just need some like advice or something. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt of that. Like just thinking back to the younger version of me, right. but so if you're listening, um, I forget your name. Like I tried to follow you. Um, message me again I'll I'll see what I can do but just kind of like for advice for people going forward is like that's an extreme example but give us something to work with because you know your story you know why you're getting somewhere and you could be so laser focused on getting to that point that you kind of forget to catch other people up but if you don't give people something to work with especially if you want their help or you're trying to connect or something it's it doesn't really it doesn't give you a good point to start off with if you just go hey like i'm interested in this anything i can help with always offering a favor without expecting anything in turn that's the important thing you can't expect anything in return and get petty if it's like well i did something for you where's my like gift now kind of thing like that's not how it works and if you do that like you're gonna get isolated real quick right but even if you say don't have the time energy whatever to offer something and you're just like hey like maybe i have a question or two focus and this is actually advice um i forget where i heard it but i heard it back in college from someone smart who was like when you reach out to people who are busier and more important to you tell a little bit about yourself for context and ask like very specific questions don't leave you don't want the person you're reaching out to to be doing the guesswork on Mm -hmm. what you're looking for. Like think of say one to three specific questions, be like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. This is a little bit about me. I'm kind of running into these roadblocks. Here's three questions I have. If you can answer any of them or none of them or all of them, I just appreciate you taking a look at this message. And if you can get to it, it'd be a huge help. Like, please. And thank you. That's Mm -hmm. a good way to approach it because it's focused and Instead of me going, well, I either sit here for 30 minutes of time I don't really have to dedicate and try to like do a guessing game with what you need, I can look at that and go, oh, I can knock out those three questions in three minutes. That's not a big use of my time. Yeah, let's help this person now because I'm sure it could be beneficial for maybe finding one of their blind spots and moving forward in their goals. Yeah, exactly. I think definitely going with the mindset of they might not be able to help me get a job, but... (laughs) Trust me, like we'll be able to give you some advice on something to send out for sure. So don't always think about getting a job, maybe about learning some skills too. You know, that's important too, especially if you're in an interview and you get to like throw something, you know, that PMs do or whatever. That makes you sound like you know what you're doing. And actually the last person that I met with, he was getting a internship for Microsoft right and Mm -hmm. I think something that I really liked about that conversation with that person was that he said something like oh well like maybe I'll reach out to you after I'm done with my Microsoft um internship and maybe I can share something that I learned to see if you know that too and I was like wow you know like I love 
that you know because yeah they're basically saying i might able to teach you something you know yeah like let's get excited about something together yeah. where it's like that's like a really good piece of advice because even just if you don't know anything about someone that you're trying to reach out to which is like yeah when you kind of quote unquote cold call strangers like that mm-hmm. how are you supposed to know it but just do some basic kind of like first principles thinking what's like well this person is a pm at oracle in the database industry chances are they don't hate database if they're doing a high intensity job like this, that they're constantly learning. So what's kind of like in your situation, like what's a cool way that I can connect and like start to make a bond with this person? Hey, like, thanks for talking to me. I might be going off and doing this cool thing. If it ends up being cool, want me to share it with you so we can like yep. say both see if there's something worthwhile out of it kind of thing. Yeah, literally mm-hmm. that impressed me so much. I was like, please do reach out to me because I do want to know how things work. Because like, you know, of course I didn't go in detail, but I did talk to him. I low-key gave him a presentation, okay? Because he was asking me, oh, so what are exactly our graphs? Like, are they like charts and blah, blah? And I was like, no, they're not charts, you know? I started with the Converge database, you know? <laughs> then I went into like, you know, uh, graph and then it, a little bit into spatial. And he was like, wow, thank you so much for presenting this to me. I went in presentation mode for sure, you know? <laughs> so you never know, like you might get like really good advice and learn a little bit, you know? So make the most of, out of like the people that decide to meet with you because you might learn something really important, you know? Yeah. And also I would say is... If you reach out to people and they don't respond, give them the benefit of a doubt. Because I remember like being completely honest, like back in college, like Mm -hmm. college Zach trying to figure out what the hell he wants to do of his life. Mm -hmm. Time is on the line. You're super busy. You got all your courses. You have to find the internship by the summer. And because like you are working with such kind of like quick turnaround, it's easy to feel impatient. And when people say are being slow to get back to you, or not getting back to you or like getting back like two months later or something mm-hmm. keep in mind that's like hey they this is something i really learned to appreciate being in pm because you have more things there's always more to do than you have enough time in the day and some stuff's going to fall through the cracks like you can have someone who say is known like let's just even use for and i as an example like we're talking about how it's like hey reach out to us and all this stuff if we don't like if we miss your message or don't get to you or something like please don't take it personally like we have a lot on our minds and maybe just even send like a reminder message like later at some point like hey like i know you're busy like blah 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 but just the whole thing with that is like give people the benefit of a doubt because you don't know what their day is and they have and as much as like they would want to help you with something just because like most people want to be helpful they have like bosses breathing down their necks, like deadlines, things that need to get done. And when push comes to shove, it's like, yeah, your job responsibilities do have to take priority. But I also like, I'm sympathetic to like the other side of things where it's like, hey, it's like, I can understand how like some kid could just, who's been like trying to put themselves out there, especially because like, I feel like we can all relate to the whole, you don't know any better. You put your resume out on like a hundred job postings and you're just like what the heck is going on like i worked my butt off in high school i tried really hard in college i was told by all these authority figures around me all you have to do is like 
work hard and be nice and things will work out. And I just got rejected from like three dozen companies. It's very easy when you're starting out your kind of adult life to get bitter about that and start Mm -hmm. kind of like resenting the world, like other people, all that stuff, especially if you're just kind of like, I reached out to someone and they didn't get back to me because you have more because like in your brain, you have more time people and you're like, well, if someone messaged me right now, I would get back to them. Like, because that's how you think you can only think in terms of your perspective at the time. And it's harder because like, even in college, like you're still working a lot, but Mm -hmm. like, let's be busy. Like, let's be honest, like someone who's later in their career, they're still going to be busier than you than Mm -hmm. a college student as much as you might be working your butt off. And yeah, like maybe you go to MIT and you're like, have some, engineering degree and you're actually kicking my butt with hours and you're putting these 80 hour weeks like fine you're you're the exception whatever but still realize (laughs) that the people that you're reaching out to are also really busy and they also have like their things they have to prioritize and like it's not personal exactly yeah I think honestly it's also way more normal to get rejected when you're like applying for jobs and when you're reaching out to people, it's way more normal than mm-hmm. actually getting people to answer you. So, you know, those are like realistic expectations. I know. I think that comes down to the perfectionist in me. <laughs> Doesn't like failing or being told no. Right. As Zach has grown up, Zach has had to learn to deal with <laughs> running into walls that don't budge as much as he would like when he runs at them. <laughs> so... um. Do you want to go really quick over how your first week as a PM was? Yeah. So like kind of my, I can start with this question, but I guess the one for um, like the question for both of us to answer around that, that comes to my mind is mm-hmm. when I switched to PM, the first thing I noticed like, oh, there's a different rhythm to this than mm-hmm. solution engineering. And I kind of like wonder what your thoughts were on that because mine was solution engineering mm-hmm. was very much these like weekly cycles, quarterly cycles, like you would do something and, but stuff was like cleaner in terms of when it was done. Like you would have your projects for the week. Like a lot of what we did could be wrapped up in like a week or two or a month or a quarter. It was, I would say the time schedule of things was very more stable versus say with PM, not only do you have say your short-term kind of solution engineering type things where you're thinking on that short-term time scale, but you also have your like medium term, a couple months out types of things that you have to keep track of. And then you have your like super long-term where it's like you're working on something that's like due out in a year, but you have to keep moving that ball forward because you can't just run up on like the month before it's due being like, shoot, you could. (laughs) And then you get stressed out and have to have a dance party and wave Sage in the air on your podcast. So that was something that (laughs) was frustrating at times for me starting out because the way I like to do things is I like having a clear head. So if I get a task, I did, I was the same way with this in college. I got a project. I got a paper I had to do. I wanted to get it done as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. because then I didn't have to worry about it. So when I first came to PM, my brain was a bit trying to like, think in that mindset and kind of brute force things that way but I very much quickly realized like you can't do that it's there's too much marathon running here 
mm. for you to and even if you do do that then you're just gonna have three more things like take its place like so that is amazing that you wanted to get things done right away because I was the opposite I was the type of person that wanted to wait until it was the deadline and do all that stuff at the end but with PM I realized that it's better to do things little by little you know if you have the time of course because then you might be working on something happily without any stress and then someone pings you and they're like hey I need this by today you know that's <laughs> my entire job <laughs> right or you get into a meeting and you're like so happy and then suddenly people are like telling you you need to do this by next week and then you're like oh okay so let me just stop doing whatever I was doing you know and start doing the other thing so you just have to be ready <laughs> to like you know get a, an assignment that is due next week or tomorrow or I don't know today end of day so that is definitely a big change I think that during solution engineering we were handheld a little bit I I, I don't want to say that I, I was handheld and I feel like you weren't neither probably I feel like we were pretty at least me I was pretty independent in the sense of like I wouldn't be messaging my manager I would just bring all of my issues to my one-on-one you know yeah I would do the same thing um and the rest was just me working on whatever I had to work on I do think it was way more chill, let's say, because it wasn't you working on 20,000 things. At most, it was you working on two or three things, right? Mm -hmm. And that was because you try your best to find opportunities, let's say, you know, it's not because you were like required. I mean, you should be required to do those things, you know, but I think while you are starting your first year, it's more of like you trying to find what works best for you. And having a guide there to help you succeed on that, right? Or if you have any blockers, right? But at the end of the day, definitely when you switch to product management, first of all, I think since we were in class off, I knew I was helping people, but I didn't see how impactful I was, right? <laughs> Compared to PM, that's when you like, are in a real position where you have to deliver yes or yes. Um, this might impact something way bigger. I don't know. Like I definitely felt more responsibility when I was in PM that in class of as an SE because it was just me starting, you know? I don't yeah. know if you felt that difference. Yeah, like there definitely like is more. It, it's, it, I guess like it's almost like a weight to things. Mm -hmm. where like with class of even if you're say like finding side projects to do and stuff mm -hmm. there's still that feeling of like well at the end of the day people know we're in the class of still and we are still mm -hmm. starting out versus like when you become a product manager like you don't really have that excuse anymore it's like yeah you're new so people will be a bit more like understanding with things but you don't that's not something that I would say you want to see how long that kind of right. graciousness lasts. You don't want to be in that position like yeah. for a long time, for sure. I think those are one of the topics we spoke about when we switched to product manager that was basically saying, like, we actually like continuing to grow and actually work on serious projects. I feel like, for example, as a solution engineer, if I were to, well, in class of, right? Outside of class off, I think it's totally different. But during class off, 
if we were to mess up in a presentation or something like that, we always had that, okay, they're starting, you know, so it's okay, right? But in product management, when when I switched, I was like, I need to make this presentation look as good as possible. And if it didn't look as good as possible, I would get a little upset, you know? <laughs> so there was definitely a switch and just multitasking became like the thing you know like managing your time was so it's so important in here compared to class off where it was a little less stressful and you also had projects with other people sometimes at least in pm for me if i get in a project i'm normally alone like i normally have to get my stuff done by myself or i might be collaborating with other people but still it's there's more pressure i feel like yeah and like even with that whole i guess just time management getting used to thinking more intensely in terms of short medium and long term like mm -hmm. don't get me wrong like training your brain to think that way at the beginning was a real pain in the ass but yeah. i will say this i've been able to and it's still something i'm improving on i'm not perfect at it um but i have noticed that getting used to be able being able to say work on something make sure it's like saved in my notes so i see it and get mm -hmm. back to it or like my calendar and something but then taking it out of my brain and forgetting about it so i can focus on the other things i need to do and just keeps like it's almost kind of like uh in a car like learning to shift gears like being able to shift those time horizon gears is a super great skill that I think like applies to this isn't just product management this is just like I could see this applying to being like a business owner a manager mm -hmm. like anything where being comfortable with going let me think about long term but not obsess about that mm -hmm. but then also make sure I do the short term but I don't get too zoned in where I lose sight of like the bigger picture and stuff like being able to shift between those gears just opens a whole new world of, I guess, just like thinking and strategic planning and like analysis. I don't know. I, I just, I get a sense where if I kind of self-reflect on like, where's, I feel like I'm going faster these days. Like I'm thinking clearer, stronger, better. And if I kind of tried to like pinpoint the areas why this is the case, I think getting more comfortable with switching between time horizons Mm -hmm. has a big thing to do with that and like that's something that's like that will take you very far in your career if you get like really good at that because i would say even solution engineering it's like let's not poo poo all the time management skills mm -hmm. we had to learn being a solution engineer at like right. one of the big tech companies because that's a pretty big achievement for like all of us in our class up in and of itself it's mm -hmm. just almost kind of like if that's the major leagues like pm is like the all-stars of tech companies for time management because you not maybe I'm wrong with this, but I get the impression where it's like you're a salesperson. Yeah, you think of the sales cycle and you have a lot of chaos and unpredictable variables in terms of like how customers react, like mm -hmm. how your managers can do, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you're still kind of like using a certain area of your brain versus say like being an engineer, it's like same kind of thing. And maybe this is just me thinking my position is special and it's not the case, but I get the sense that because PM makes you switch brain modes, both in terms of going more communicative with some conversations. Like if you're talking to marketing and sales, 
you have to be say like more communicative more like human centric maybe mm-hmm. that's like a way of describing it kind of more creative like open-minded type things but if you're thinking more about the technical stuff it's like you do have to be more a bit like your analytical like focused in brain if yeah. something doesn't seem like it makes sense or works you do kind of have to yelp because if you notice that you don't want something that's super complicated it's like a little piece if you notice a little piece in something super complicated and intricate like hey that doesn't look right it's like you have to speak up versus say in something that's more i i don't know i guess like bigger picture broad strokes value communication that is more salesy it's like that's that's a little bit of a different kind of style of thinking if that makes sense yeah definitely um yeah like I feel like having in mind different personas when communicating is really important in general right um also like I don't know does your team talk to customers yeah we we talk to them directly it's something that I actually want to start getting more directly involved with as I in the next like coming days and weeks get out of my live lab like little bunker a bit because Right. That's something that I think will be a really good skill for me to develop, mm-hmm. but it's like a muscle that I haven't had too much of an opportunity. But like, yeah, like Jeff is like constantly talking to customers and stuff. It's like one of the biggest things that we probably like add value is right. one kind of support or whatever isn't able to handle something. The PMs are kind of the last line of defense with helping people. Right. Because I do think that's also important to know. Like, I think PM talks, they talk to customers, other PMs developers, um, I don't know, advocates of their technology, they talk to all types of people. So mm-hmm. I think that's why communication is so important for us. And we have to wear multiple hats <laughs> to be able yeah. to do our job efficiently. So I think that's like the cool thing about it too, right? Like you, you'll never get tired because you're always talking to different people and learning how to communicate with them trial and error for sure mm-hmm. and i think like it all goes back to like the gratitude thing we we're talking about at the beginning of the conversation is like you can look at it like oh my god i have so much responsibility i'm expected to do so many different things like i'm only human it's like why do you want so much for me like this is absurd it's like well that's one way to look at it but if you kind of stick in that mindset you're gonna get like cynical and bitter real quick versus say mm-hmm. if you're like hey yeah i'm working my butt off Yes, some days I'm going to feel like I'm losing my sanity mm-hmm. and others are going to be worse than others. Like other days are going to be worse than like some other ones. But mm-hmm. the rate that we're learning and the skills we're developing are just, there's not many other places where I think you get that kind of opportunity in your 20s and like being lucky enough to get into product management and like be able to like be around the people we are and work on the stuff that we're doing where it's just... I don't know. It's just, we've noticed you've been like, we've both been like supercharged in our learning and development as people where mm-hmm. I've noticed for myself, it's not just, I'm getting more comfortable with technical skills, but I'm also just realizing like as a human being, it's like, Oh, I could be nicer here. It's like, even though in my brain, I wasn't thinking about this. Yeah. After that meeting, let's try not to do that. Cause I could see how I could say rub someone the wrong way because of my own hangups and emotions. And it's just, it, mm-hmm. it just helps you like develop emotional maturity. I feel like too. Yeah definitely but yeah Um, on that note i gotta bounce for a meeting in two minutes so we wrap it up for the episode yep
Sounds good. Thanks for uh, listening, everyone. See you in two weeks. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone.